circle song that I'm calling Oh My God inspired by this very moment in our shared history Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in to Cozy Zone with Ben Weber hello, welcome, Uh, my name is Ben Weber Um, I've been podcasting for a while now uh, and the premise of this Cozy Zone is I I I ask my guest to invite me into their cozy zone, the place where they feel warm and safe and inspired and vulnerable, a place where they can talk about their honest feelings, their their fears, their hopes, their dreams and and perhaps they can they can dream about creative endeavors that they they want to pursue. So I've done this many times, over 50 times, um and uh, I'm releasing them little by little. And for those of you who have been with me since the beginning, thank you. Thank you so much. 
And for those of you who are new or have just listened to a few episodes, thank you and welcome. And please, please listen to more. Please listen to as many as you can muster. Um, I'm, uh, I'm an artist. I'm, a, I'm an aspiring comedian. Uh, I'm a good listener. Uh, I, I'm a, a practicing poly partner. Uh, I'm a son. I, uh, I, I just, I just want to, to be good. You know, I just want to do the right thing. I want to live justly in this world. I, I live in Brooklyn. If, if you don't know, I, um, yeah. So, so yesterday I, I had the, the wonderful opportunity to go to my polling place with my sweetie Nicolette. And, uh, you know, we took the opportunity to process, of course, uh, as we, we take many of our opportunities together to process the hard feelings that, that come up with sharing a polyamorous lifestyle, meaning, uh, you know, there, there's monogamy, there's polyamory. Uh, and for those of you unfamiliar, poly is a practice where love is abundant. Uh, you don't necessarily just love one person at a time. You don't share romance with just one person at a time. Um, but you have love and romance with many people at the same time. So Nicolette and I are partners. Nicolette has a sweetie named Emmett. I have a sweetie um, who I've been seeing since July uh, who fills my life with a lot of joy. Nicolette fills my life with a lot of joy. And we are negotiating all of this. Uh, I guess the reason that I that I'm sharing uh, this with you that I that I am almost like starting over is that there there's something that happened, uh, you know, after my my delightful and deep and heavy experience at the polling place. Uh, I I live in Flatbush, Brooklyn. My polling place uh, was is predominantly black faces, predominantly Caribbean people. Um, and it, the vibe was so beautiful and I felt so grateful and lucky to be in a place where I assumed that everyone was fighting for the same thing, for fighting for justice. And it took a long time and, you know, there were a lot of elders who took a long time to turn the pages where I had you know, I had to sign my name or you had to sign your name before you voted. And people were getting a little cranky, understandably. But I, I was thinking to myself, what a, what a privilege to be a little frustrated about an older person moving slowly as opposed to uh, fearing for my, my physical safety because I, I share a different political view than the people who are voting next to me. It felt like a community. It, it, there was a, it was a whole pile of my neighbors uh, convening together at this school and I really liked it. I, I really felt charged up by it. And of course, I felt so anxious about the result. There is no way in my mind that Donald J. Trump would be elected president. I knew that Hillary Clinton, Hillary Rodham Clinton, would be the first woman president of these United States, and it would be a history changing night a glass ceiling would be broken uh we would challenge the racist misogynistic white supremacist backbone of our nation we would call it into question we would we would have a referendum on that and certainly knowing that she is not a perfect candidate knowing that 
you know, there is a lot of international conflict that we will always need to reckon with, that the president of the United States must make hard decisions and kill thousands of people every day. Knowing this, I I was excited and, and filled with certainty that she would be our president. You know, uh, the processing that Nicolette and I did sort of uh, erupted and, and, and consumed my body, made me feel sick, uh, and we parted ways, uh, and I had the opportunity to go see my, my other sweetie, uh, and we, we had lunch, and we held each other, and we spoke gently to each other, and I was able to feel soothed. Uh, I was able to feel ready to face what was going to happen next, what the results of the election were going to be. And uh, the place where my sweetie Nicolette works is uh, is a place called Third Root Community Health Center. It's a yoga studio and wellness center and herbal medicine and acupuncture place in Ditmas Park, Brooklyn. And Third Root was opening up its doors to host a, a results screening party. And I donated my laptop to, to screen some things. We turned on, finally, PBS NewsHour after trying some other things, Al Jazeera and uh, Democracy Now! and MSNBC. But uh, we really we, we found uh, some, some good luck with the PBS NewsHour. And so we gathered. We had food and whiskey and bitters and community, uh, Nicolette's sweetie, Emmett was there. Uh, it was important for her to have her booze around herself, uh, that there was this this blanket of abundance uh, around her and, and around all of us, this sense of community as we hopefully watched history in the making as, as this nerve-wracking uncertainty that how could this bigoted, fascist, unqualified, ill-prepared, foul-tempered man be the leader of the free world. Impossible. No way. I don't know about you, but I've also been watching Nate Silver over the past several weeks and months, tracking his his data models, and, you know, it was looking amazing. You know, uh, there was a point where Trump was, there was a 7% chance that Trump was going to win, that, that felt really reassuring. It felt great. You know, I didn't want to lean back on my laurels. So many people around me were mobilizing pro-Hillary activities, uh, doing phone calls, mobilizing people to go knock on doors in the battleground states. And, you know, I, I didn't have the energy to do that, so I, I gave some money. I had some extra money to give. I wanted to do something. I wanted to show my support. So I gave some money. So, so good. And we all sat and and watched late into the night, and the polls closed, and the results came in, and it was so close. Uh, And Trump was ahead, and more polls kept closing, and more uh, results were being announced, and, and Trump kept going up, Hillary behind. There was a moment, I remember one moment, where... Hillary had 202 electoral votes. Donald Trump had 201 electoral votes. And that was the only moment where Hillary was ahead. And Trump was dominating, surging. Uh, everyone everyone was, was coming out 
for Trump. And around midnight, it became clear that Hillary was not going to win. Trump was heading toward victory. Trump was going to be the president of the United States. And all of us didn't know what to do. I, I was speaking most, m most of the night with uh, a young woman named Arya, and she's a, she's a writer and a, a nonfiction writer, and, and the subject of her writing is about shame. And speaking about growing up in New York and walking around and how, how your very body, the privilege of your body, of your whiteness, of, of that kind of thing, changes the landscape. And, and there, there's a lot of shame about how your privilege interacts with your environment. And I, I know I felt a lot of shame right now. I'm, I'm sitting in my bedroom at my desk that I, um, you know, I've, I've worked on pretty, pretty hard to make it feel cozy. I have some smash type letters. These are some foam letters, uh, that are, are for some big stamps that I'm making. I see my social security card, my dry cleaning check, a pen, uh, a big moleskin notebook, uh, an old birthday card slash essay Nicolette wrote me. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing uh, no pants, uh, but I'm wearing my uh, Wisconsin represent t-shirt. I'm, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Wisconsin went red. Paul Ryan's from Wisconsin. Um, Ron Johnson uh, won against Russ Feingold in Wisconsin. Uh, it's a, a predominantly Republican state now. Um, and, uh, yeah, just so much shame for for not mobilizing, you know, where I come from, my homeland, watching my homeland be complicit in the election of Donald Trump, uh, Emmett is from Michigan, and Michigan also fell to Trump. Um, and I, I was consumed with this shame and, and thinking about what, what a Trump victory might mean. Certainly, it means there is so much more clear and present danger in the world. People's feelings of hate and white supremacy and and the the subjugation and oppression of black people of latino people of muslims of disabled people of lgbtq people it is acceptable it is acceptable on a national national level people voted for this they voted for the freedom the validation of their feelings of hate and you listen, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jewish guy. I look white. I'm handsome. I walk around with so much privilege in the world. I, I'm safe. I have means. I have savings. You know, I, I get to host a podcast that some people listen to. I have so much privilege. And thinking about what I have to do now to help protect my neighbors, my brothers, and my sisters who are so vulnerable now. 
even even in this blue Brooklyn bubble where I live, I, I am feeling so much agita, so much fire, so much agni, as they say, in my belly to do something, to act, to act out against, to protect, to survive. <sighs> I went to Nicolette's 7 a.m. yoga class this morning at Third Root, and her class was all about compassion and compassionate movement. And I think a lot about that. I think about having compassion for myself, letting go of my privilege and my shame, allowing that to fade away so that I actually have the capacity to act. I, I think about having compassion for the people who voted for Trump. So many people, half of our nation. And thinking about, you know, the, the shock and surprise about that, all of the polls that I've been watching, that we all have been watching, were wrong. They were indeed wrong. And it, it makes me think there, there is a huge problem about how we listen to each other in this society, in this nation. That pollsters could not get honest, vulnerable answers from the people they were talking to. The people that they needed to talk to were not talking to them. And so we were surprised and we were complacent. And now Donald J. Trump is our president. After class, uh, Nicolette and Emmett and I went to Cafe Madeline and got some breakfast. And, I mean, everyone in the neighborhood is so down and dour and on the verge of tears and shaking and wondering. And I mean, it, the food at Cafe Madeline is delicious and it is a lovely way to nourish the body. I had a big coffee and, uh, you know, Emmett, uh, we, we sat, we sat on an outside table for a while and, and Emmett needed to go and Nicoletta and I sat in silence for a little while and we're talking and, uh, there was a, a black woman and a young black man sitting at the table with us and I turned to her and I asked like, how are you feeling about the results? And she says, oh, well, you know, listen, the people have spoken. You know, I'm from the South. I know what segregation is. I know how to survive. People have no idea what they're about to encounter. People have no idea. I know. I know how to survive. Uh, you know, I don't want to go to work. Right away, I wanted to protect myself. I wanted to take my time because I know I'm going to get to work. And, and I'm a manager. I manage the clerical staff at a law office. And I know the lawyers, they look at me like I'm less than. They, they want me to, you know, calm my people down. But, you know, I deserve to be talked to with respect. And I look at the women and they wear short skirts now. And I'm afraid for my daughter. And now all of this, this racism is on the surface. And it, it made it okay. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And the man sitting next to her said, you know, he took the day off work. He works for one of the wealthiest families in the world. He event plans for them, and he was describing a meeting where uh, it was a four-day summit 
where generals and secretaries of state gathered, and this family spoke about who was going to be inducted into this family, who was going to be allowed in, and his job was to disappear, to be omnipresent, to be everywhere at once, but to be a ghost, to not take up space, and just make uh, an incredible experience for these, these elites. And Nicolette and I listened, and we bid them farewell. We joked that we would gather again on Friday at Cafe Madeline and talk again. And, and the question that keeps circling around my head is, you know, what, what do we do? What can we do now? And I, I, had, to, I had to make a list of, of something to do. I had to make a list, something to offer myself, something to keep me sane. And, and so here it is. Here's, here's what I came up with. If you'll indulge, I, I would love to share it with you. This is advice I'm, I'm giving myself. Uh, first thing, feel your feelings. There is so much anger. There is so much fear. There is so much disbelief to those who were supporting Hillary. And thinking about those who supported Trump, there, there are so many feelings that inspired your vote. You know, there, there is a fear that your white supremacy is being threatened, that you are losing power, that, that a foreign other will take your jobs, that the government has failed you. There are so many feelings. Please, everyone, whether you voted for Trump, whether you voted for Hillary, just sit with your feelings. Feel them all. Don't say no to them. Don't squelch them. Feel them. Feel them deeply in your body. Feel where in your body they are. Are they in your stomach? Do you feel sick to your stomach? Is it in your head? Do your temples pulse? Are your, are your hands shaking? Are your palms sweaty? Where do you feel your feelings? And feel them. Sit with them. Because feelings are powerful. So, so powerful and so big. And influence so much what we do, perhaps everything that we do. But they pass. They fade. And you're left with the echoes of the actions that your feelings inspired. Feel your feelings. Know them. Name them. And, and let them go. Share them with loved ones. Write about them. Make art about them. Know them. Recognize them. And maybe let them go. I'm thinking about... Also, this is a, a little uh, addendum, too, that just came to me. But be your full, authentic self. This is, this is why I wanted to um, introduce myself, who I was. I wanted to out myself as Polly. I wanted to present my entire self. I, I, I don't think there's a choice now about hiding a part of ourself, about keeping the secret, vulnerable parts of ourselves secret from everyone. I, I think there is power in vulnerability. Obviously, you know, this is, this is the mission of the cozy zone, right? That we sit in a safe space together and we spill our guts and we, we talk about 
what, what peeves us, what burns us, what we're afraid of, what we love. We are vulnerable with each other. And I, I just, I want to continue to practice being my full self, putting all of my cards on the table because there's no time to be coy. You know, of course we need to be strategic. Of course we need to keep ourselves safe. But we also need to be seen. I see you. I want you to live as your fullest self. I know how dangerous that can be. I, I really hear that and I really understand that. But I, I want to strive. I want to strive to live in a country where people can be the, their authentic selves and live next to each other and receive each other just as they are. I want that. And the next thing I have is uh, listen. Listen to each other. We did a real bad job, friends, of listening to each other. There was, there was a message that our compatriots were sending us. You know, those who lean more radical, lean more left, who want progressive change. We believed that Hillary was, was on her way to perhaps support our ideals. And yet most of the country, over half of the country, was feeling something very different and something that the professional listeners that we hire to listen to the nation and the thoughts of the nation failed to do. They failed all of us. They did not give a voice to this, this majority, this up, up until yesterday silent majority of people who support hate and segregation and the suppression of difference and the, the tightening of our borders and unpoetic, disgusting rhetoric. That, that is what people chose. And we had no idea. I had no idea that was going to happen. Shame on, on you, pollsters. Shame on us for not creating the conditions to truly open up a democratic dialogue. If you were feeling this way, country, why the hell didn't you say anything? Or why the hell wasn't I able to create the space for you to say something? I didn't know you were feeling this way. And look what you've done. Now look what you've done. Look what we have done. President Trump. A joke. A nightmare. Is where we're living now. Listen. Listen deeply. If you're like me, if you're a cis straight white guy, shut up and listen to the most vulnerable among you. Perhaps I'm not necessarily modeling that right now, but you know, I I'm taking a moment, I'm taking up my space to to ask for something. I'm using my privilege to to ask 
for something different, to strive to be better. Listen, everyone, please listen to each other. Listen to each other's feelings. Strive to make space for people to be their full, authentic selves. And finally, something that I'm thinking about is invite somebody into your cozy zone. I talk a lot about my cozy zone being a place of solitude, of really valuing my alone time, of feeling alone even with other people. And I don't think that's going to work anymore. We cannot be alone right now. We must be in community and we must be in intentional community. We must gather each other in. We must invite people we love, people who frighten us into our most vulnerable sacred spaces so we can listen, so we can be our more authentic self, so we can envision a new future, so that we can strive to learn how to collaborate. I am so furious at every single voter who voted for Trump. I can't understand it. I will never get it on an on a intellectual, logical level. I, I, understand, I understand that it, is, it would be so easy to hate so hard that, that you become transcendent, that you, I don't know, fix something. You, you fix your, your fear. You, you can live better. That you don't need to face what is really wrong. The root cause of all of this suffering which, you know, of course, we can all have different opinions about that. I, I tend to believe it has a lot to do with white supremacy and capitalism and patriarchy that causes us all to suffer. But now is the time to open up your hearts the best way that you can after you feel your feelings, after you practice being your authentic self, after you listen. Find that place where you are seeking nourishment. I'm sure so many of us are, are cocooning today, are, are trying to take care of ourselves. I, I hope you are. Please, if you're feeling shitty, do something nice for yourself. Be in a, a bright place. Be with people you love. Be with faces that make you smile. Drink a warm beverage. Wrap yourself in a blanket. Twirl some yarn. Invite someone into your vulnerable space and talk to them and show them how you feel safe. Show them the vision of, of a life that you want for the rest of this country. Donald Trump, I'm sure you have a cozy zone. I'm sure you are in so much pain. I'm sure you suffer greatly. I, I'm sure that you're afraid right now. I, I, I think you don't know what you have done, how you have shattered so many beautiful things about this nation. And I don't know if you know how great America is. I don't know if you know the beauty 
poetry and and the light that pervades this nation because you feed on its darkness. And that is unacceptable, Donald Trump. That is unacceptable. What is your cozy zone? Where do you go to feel safe? Where do you go for inspiration? Inside your mind, on the top of Trump Tower, I want to know. I, I want to talk to you. I want you to hear all of us. I want you, I want you to unify us. I want you to listen. I want you to feel your feelings. I want, I want to know. I want to know your vulnerable side, Donald, because we're stuck with each other now, you know? You are my president. I didn't vote for you. I would never, ever vote for you. But here we are, Donald. Here we are, a lone podcaster in his cozy zone. You know, I think about, I think about Hitler, Mr. Trump, Mr. President. I think about him feeding off of fear and hate to ultimately destroy the dying nation of Germany. I think about what Hitler did to the Jews, to gays, to disabled people, to gypsies, how he rounded them all up and slaughtered them. And I'm afraid that that's what you're going to do, President Trump. I'm afraid that you are going to inflict so much pain and anguish on so many people of this truly beautiful, great nation. What's your cozy zone, Donald Trump? Where, where do you find solace? If, if you had unlimited funds, which you may, if you, you have access to so many resources, both now, now federal and your own, what art project would we make together, Donald Trump? What would we do? What would we do? What, what, what is your relationship to the arts? What is your relationship to creativity? The artists want to know. We're all waiting, Donald. We want to know how you're going to lead, how we need to resist you. Are you going to come into my home? Are you going to create a secret police and, and, and actively thwart my freedom of speech? Is that what you're going to do? Because you're afraid, Donald Trump? Your own fear and weakness clouds your actions, Donald? I, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I want, I want you to take a breath. I want you to understand how much power you have. I want you to think about the young people, Donald. You're a father. You've had daughters. You, you, you have a skewed sense of what it means to be a father, it seems. But I want you to think about the most vulnerable among us. What will you do to ensure that they grow up well and safe and fulfilled and truly know what does make America great? 
Listeners, thank you for being here with me. Thanks for taking the time to sit with me in my thoughts on what feels like a very dark day. If you want to reach out, I would love that. You can email me, ben at smashtype.com. I'm on Twitter, at Cozy Zones. I'm on Instagram, at Ben Weber Projects. The Cozy Zone Foundation is on Facebook. Like it. And please hold each other close, friends. Acknowledge as many people as you can as part of your community. We have to be united. We have to protect ourselves. We have to survive. We need to make America cozy again. Thank you so much. And talk to you soon. We are intimately finding our peaceful cozy zone. And Ben, he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing is cozy zone. <laughs> <laughs>